This is your Anime DGens Halloween Hour, episode 39, if you guys are wondering. And I don't know if you can tell, but your boy Bass is back. It's good to be back. Um, how are you boys doing? Wonderful. You know, I just, uh, you know, I just got laser eyes, yo. Bass come back. I got laser eyes. I don't know what Dan's doing, but we, we vibing. <laughs> yes, sir. Literally. Yes, sir. Just out here living my best life. That's good, go. man. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, I've been away for a month. I'm not even sure what fucking date it is at this point. Um, but yeah, guys, <laughs> we'll, we'll go ahead and get into it. Uh, it's spooky season, which is one of our favorite times of the year. Uh, so we're going to come at you with some thrilling topics this week. Uh, first, we have our spooky spine chillers. And then we're going to do a DJ's movie review of Perfect Blue, which is a very bizarre horror story uh, that may have one over my head. So I'm going to need these boys to kind of help me out on that. <laughs> it's all good. I think we got it. I think we got it. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, Dan, you want to take us into the spooky spine chillers? Definitely. So anime is often filled with many different types of characters, good or bad, smart or dumb, strong or weak. However, during this topic, we're going to focus on some of the more spine-chilling, scary characters in the anime world. And I don't think many of us have watched a lot of horror anime. So we're going to pull ones from shows we've watched. So Bass, you want to get to start with your first one? Uh, yeah, I'll go for it. Uh, I think I've talked about this. I can't even call him a gentleman, this atrocious being uh, before. Hikusa from Hunter Hunter. Um, I want to start this off by saying I really do love his character. What he does in the show serves a really good purpose and makes everything very interesting. But he has a fucked up personality. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 creepy. Uh, I think that's a prerequisite for a, a spine chiller. But um, I, I think the first thing is like you never learn anything about him. He talks about himself and kind of gives his own background. But the man lies so much. I'm really not sure if it's true or not. Um, you're not even really sure if he's a good guy or a bad guy. And really all you know, he's very mysterious. He's weird. Uh, he's strong and he's a killer. But for sure, you know, he's batshit crazy. <laughs> um, not to speak, uh, not, not to take it lightly, dude is a predator and a manipulator. Um, you know, when he kind of first meets Gon, he kind of challenges him to a fight. And he, bro, has the nerve, the unmitigated gall to be like, you know what, man, I'm not going to kill you because I like you. But what I'm going to do is wait till you grow up or you become stronger and then I'll fight you and kill you. Which is, who does that? Bro's grooming people to kill him? Fucking nuts. Hey, man, some people get off to that and Hisoka is one of them. Speaking of getting <laughs> off to that, whenever like Gone like stares at him like with like a death stare. Like, he's always talking about, like, you know, uh, I'm getting excited, quote, unquote, you know, quote, unquote. Uh, oh, he says he, uh, I'm getting turned on, which is also sus as fuck. It doesn't make him scary. It just makes him a fucking creep. But I, I, I've always found his soka very unsettling. Um, but it's cool in the story because, like, when he's on the screen, you don't really know what's going to happen. Um, you don't know whose side he's going to be on and what it, really his motivations are uh, other than he wants to fight. That's all we really know. Like he loves violence. I mean, he he he, he gets off the violence. But also, he uses, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I also think that his character design like really feeds into this uh, like atmosphere too. So 
Yeah, yeah. The uh, the, the clown suit is what we're going to call it. But his drip, <laughs> honestly, is phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> he's a pretty drippy clown. Yeah, and he's always coming with different fits. They're all slightly different. And I actually like his 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 costumes is what I'm going to call them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro bro is mad weird. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that, that that's my that's my guy, but he's he's fucking weird. I don't really like him. I like his character. <laughs> yeah, I think because you mentioned you were like, I'm not sure if he's good or bad. I think he really just fits into like the term chaotic neutral. Because yes. you never know who he's gonna help, but he's gonna fuck shit up when he's doing it. Bro loves the chaos. Yeah. Sex and violence. As he could say. Yeah, Sex I mean, and violence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only, you know, 20, 30 episodes into the shit, and I already know this dude's a menace, you know? Yes, so. yes. Okay, if you're watching it right now, there's some other stuff. Uh, this isn't really, really giving anything away. Uh, I don't care about spoilers. But Go ahead. I, I do want to point it out. Bro is so batshit, and it's, like, so unsettling. He loses his arm in a fight, I believe on purpose, just to prove a point, and then tries to play like it was a magic trick and fools everybody. <laughs> You just don't know what he's up to, like it, at all, ever. Um, yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna be shocked when you see that, Tyler. I didn't tell you the whole thing. It, it, there's some more shit but behind that for sure. Was it a magic trick, really? Because no. if you don't tell me, I'm gonna be fooled. <laughs> no, <laughs> bro's just a psychopath. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the magic trick, really. I got you. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> But that's all I got for Hikuso, y'all. Okay. Awesome. Do you want me to go next? Because uh, we'll stick with the, the theme of Hunter Hunter. Yeah, right. let's do it. So my very creepy character from Hunter Hunter I'm going with is Aluka Zolduck and her creepy alter ego, Nanika, who like possesses her, basically. So this is Killua's little sister, and her powers are fucking nuts. Like, so basically, if somebody does three tasks tasks for her, she can grant their wish. But like the, the crazier or the more complicated the wish, the crazier the task gets. So like if you wish for the world to be destroyed, it would be like you need to cut your guts open and pull all your organs out, like things like that. Or if it's something like I want you to heal my friend, it'll be like, give me a kiss in the cheek. But these powers are incredibly broken. It can literally wish, grant any wish. And the task can get really messed up. The other thing is, is if you fail to complete her task or say no, I think it's four times, depending on how great your wish was, people around you will die. So if somebody said, I wish to rule the world, it would literally be like hundreds of people around would literally just like be magically crushed into a bloody corpse. And the reason she's really creepy to me is when she's in Nanika form, her face is so scary looking. Like, it's like just a deadpan face with black eyes. This cute little girl entirely disappears and she's just a menace, dude. Yeah, I, I, I think aside from her powers, her appearance is extremely creepy. Like, there's just, they're just black circles. They're not eyes, really. And her, she has like no lips and just like a black mouth, a black hole for a mouth. It's... <laughs> it's not it's great unsettling. it's yeah. definitely unsettling and like it's always just like a creepy fucking smile too like just wide black holes that's it yeah. so once they once they turn down her offer 
uh, for the task or whatever one time like are you saying that she gives them another task for the same offer offer nope until they say yes and nope. same task time, i'm pretty uh, sure it's the same task and she just like repeats it i haven't watched it in a while but she definitely was per- someone who came to mind when like we said creepy i was like oh yeah yeah i, I was also gonna pick her um so I watched a couple of videos and some of her her moments, her, her her shining moments. She actually kills like a couple of her nannies because they refuse to do like some. They start off really simple tasks like, hey, pick me up and give me a piggyback ride. Hmm. And it goes to like, I, I want your spine. Give me your spine. <laughs> and like she'll kill them if they don't do it. Like it's fucking nuts, man. That's wild. Yeah. Sounds so like she's like. Like sadistic, kind of. No, she's just a cute little girl. It's this alter ego. I don't know what it is. Like, I think they get into it more in the manga, but it hasn't happened in the anime yet about what Nanika actually is. But yeah, they just got her locked up in like a padded basement room with like stuffed animals everywhere to like keep her happy. No wonder (laughs) she's telling people to cut their damn spines out. I would too. (laughs) Yeah, she's living her best life down there, dude. I mean, she's a demon. She's like, low-key really op like if you can do her task or complete her task like she can pretty much do anything hmm. it's kind of cute like i'm kind of curious like how she gets that uh kind of power um, i don't even know if it really tells or not does it uh, not in the anime yet they've gone into a little more in the manga but i haven't read it so i didn't want to like talk about it you know yeah i, I haven't you. i haven't read it either um but yeah she's a uh, she's p- possessed by some kind of thing and I'm not really <laughs> sure where it's from or why she or how she got possessed, but yeah, she's a fucking demon. Alrighty. Gotcha. Uh, I guess it's me now, right? Go for it. Yes, sir. Uh, I will get into my first scary uh, spine chilling character. And it was like my first overall uh, like super scary characters. Orochimaru uh, from Naruto. With Naruto being like my first legit anime like the first time we seen Orochimaru it was I think in the tuning exams and like he was basically like the hybrid snake form if if we remember and uh he was like just turning from the snake to the to the you know the I don't even remember who he was trying to be it wasn't himself it was a it was a chick it was a trainer chick I'm not sure Um, but that was really, that was really scary to me. Like freaky, I guess, to me. Um, the fact that he can just is a freaky boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, coupled out with the, like, fact that he likes to experiment on people and he honestly has no limits to his experiments as well, as we've seen multiple times in Naruto. Um, he's one of the main villains of the show. Uh, his his tongue, man. His his tongue and his drip. <laughs> just freaky, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, he's he's super unsettling, man. And uh, yeah, even like when he's fighting like the third, and it's like part of his face comes off from whoever yeah. he's like trying to imitate. It, it's you don't expect it because like we don't know who this guy really is at this point. It's just Orochimaru, this creepy motherfucker that likes little boys. Yeah, the shape shifting like is almost one of the worst parts about him. The other part is the fact that he's so like 
he tries to like come up with so many cursed or like forbidding forbidden jutsu like the you know the uh one that brings people back to life and all that stuff and honestly like if, have y'all seen him in boruto like he looks even like like sus scary creepy i don't even know the word to say so so i was gonna say i've watched enough of boruto to see orochimaru and i'm a good dad mode and i just can't <laughs> like if i went back and watched naruto right now i'd be laughing the entire time he's just like a sweet dad for whatever his name i can't remember the kid's name but it's just like what'd you do to my mans <laughs> yeah this is he- this isn't who we know I mean, he, he, I mean, even though he's nice or whatever, dad mode, whatever, he's still kind of sus and he still look, he, he looks even worse in my opinion. He looks even scarier in Boruto. He just looks a little older, but like, I mean, I can't take Orochimaru seriously when all I can picture is him like waving his son as his son gets on the school bus is like what's in my, the image in my head right now. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good day. I'm not going to turn into a snake monster and kill a bunch of people. I don't know. But he might. He never did. Like, he he just might, bro. So, I mean, it, that was one of the things that confused me the most is the switch up in that on that front. Like, we go from Orochimaru being one of the biggest, baddest, you know, villains of Naruto. And then he's like, oh, well, you could just come live in the village and you know, participate just like anybody else could. We'll forgive everything, bro. And I'm like, whoa, what? Yeah. What happened in Boruto? <laughs> yeah, no, it's ass backwards, really. Like, he, he killed hundreds of, yeah. like, children and adults from the leaf. From the leaf. And it's like, this dude's just walking around? <laughs> oh, his his house lair kind of thing. It's, it's on the outskirts of town, you know? It's not like living downtown, walking down the street all day. It don't matter. It's because he's doing sketchy shit still. He's a serial killer, bro. (laughs) (laughs) He's got no morals. The dude's probably got a hidden layer or some shit, bro. Especially with his freaky ass kid. It's the same. He's he's not even like a real kid. He's like an experiment, bro. Hey, man. He's just synthetic. It's all good. Synthetic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rotimaru 2.0. Yeah. Y'all watch and see. God bless. Yeah. No, Orochimaru's a really good one. Uh, I think he's, yeah. He was my introduction to creepy ass uh, anime characters. For sure. For sure. Um, but next, are, are you are you finished, Tyler? Yes, sir. All That's right. That's who I got. So uh, I believe I am next. And for this one, I picked the whole group of motherfuckers. Uh, the Tensin from Hell's Paradise. And, you know, we're just through the first season of the anime. I have not read the manga. And, I mean, right off the bat, they're a little creepy. Um, the first scene we saw, it was it, it was two girls kissing. So, like, we, you know, like it is what it is. You know? <laughs> nice. I don't think anybody was too mad at that or creeped out from that. I personally was not. Um, <laughs> but after that, uh, we see them transforming uh, back and forth between male and female. And that that's just, it's a lot. These it's a guys lie. got some really weird ass orgies going on, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's, I guess it's no holes barred. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, it, it's that was unsettling. That's the first unsettling thing I saw from them. And then after that, it's you kind of learn that they're invulnerable to most attacks. Um, and that also that adds to it, right? Like you can't kill these motherfuckers. You're slicing their face off, and they're like 
growing a new face or a new head or whatever part of the body that they need to beat your ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're super powerful. I mean, if if they were just switching between male and female and and had no no hands, wouldn't care that much. Not really that big of a threat. You do you, but you you couple that with their combat abilities, and it, it makes them a little bit more unsettling. Um, they also have like some weird hierarchy going on that we saw during the first season, and uh, Zhu Jin kind of got mocked and beaten on for using that weird flower transformation they have um so that makes them even more scary that they treat each other very cruelly but also like to have orgies with each other um they get into why that is during the first season but you kind of can't peg them didn't mean that how that sounded i was gonna say pause (laughs) they can they can peg and be pegged so i mean yeah (laughs) categorize i'll I'll be more tactful with my words next time um yeah they're just really cruel and really doesn't seem like they have feelings for the for the most part um we learned that not to be true but the last thing that i have for those guys is that weird flower or blooming transformation that they have they turn into these big weird monsters that are like kind of op uh compared to most of the characters in the story and i'm not i'm still not this is months later and i'm still not sure what to make of that um other than that's what they do when they're kind of on the ropes but not great doesn't look great wouldn't want to fight it wouldn't want to look at it in real life Uh, i'm sure you guys would not either so a little spooky Hey man, those, those flowers are beautiful. I don't know what you're talking about. That's you know, cap. Before, before faces on the top of the flower monster, <laughs> not so much. But the flowers were animated really pretty. <laughs> They're really colorful, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the animation, great. The the what they were animating, not so great. And but. also, you know, uh, one thing to mention too, they they also have a fancy for like younger kids too. So. It's also a creepy thing. Well, technically, the young kid is actually very old. Technically, but in their in their years, though, is she really? I I don't don't, think these I don't think these guys have an age of consent, man. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) I don't know if we're gonna categorize that as spooky, but it is definitely spine chilling. (laughs) Yes, it is. But that's all I got from the Tencent. They're they're just weird as fuck. Vouch. Definitely. Well, I'm going to get us into our next serial killer. And the reason I picked this character is because it's plausible in real life. Which is just fucking creepy. So I picked Yoshikage Akira from part four of JoJo's Diamond is Unbreakable. So Yoshikage is a serial killer who is obsessed with the killing of attractive women and stealing their hands to date them. What? Bro, bro what? <laughs> yeah. So, like, the scene is, like, him talking to a hand. Like, going on a picnic with a hand. This is some creepy shit. <laughs> you know, usually when you ask someone, you know, is it, are they an ass or tit guy? He's a hand guy? He's a hand guy. Okay. Big, big hand guy. Just throw away the rest of the body. Interesting. Okay. But, like, the, re- the reason he's so creepy is because, like, he's a totally normal dude going to his 9 to 5, living his best life, and it just happens to be that his best life is killing people 
women severing their hands and then taking them on picnics. You know, that's pretty normal, right? I feel like the head would be more normal, but I mean, I'm not saying that it should be like normal for normal people, <laughs> but in his case, in normalcy for a serial killer, I feel like taking the head on dates would be more normal for serial killers. <laughs> you, you've got a hand fetish, man. I don't know what to tell that's, you. That's a tightrope you were walking right there, Tyler. <laughs> I, had to, I mean, I had to, you know, I had Hypothetically. to explain myself. <laughs> Because that's a weird that's a, that's a weird lies to be saying, you know. So yeah, yeah. Well, why do they even have to be pretty then? Maybe just nice hands, nice Some hand models. Yeah, literally, like, pretty much. It's like you've got people on Feet Finder. He's on Hand Finder. And speaking <laughs> of that, like you know, if there's somebody out there that like goes on dates with just the hands, there's got to be someone out there who goes on date with just the feet, bro. <laughs> We're not gonna get in the feet on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we ain't trying to yuck y'all's yum out there, but that's none of my business. This is blame dad, bro. <laughs> I'm talking about a character, dude. <laughs> but like to get back to it, the reason he's so creepy is because he just blends into society as an upstanding member of it. And like he's just there and he just wants to live his best life. He doesn't have worldly ambitions like Dio, the one of the main villains in the JoJo series. He's just a dude who likes to kill women and take their hands. You know, it's like, hey, what's up? But he's really deranged. His personality is super unsettling. And like whenever he's on screen, the situation is always very tense. Like they make you feel that through the show, which is awesome. But he totally just gives off Ted Bundy vibes big time. Like <laughs> his character is very real. Like, I mean, you take away the magic of stands and giant fighting and fists and all that shit. And this is like what happens in the real world. And that's why he's just so unsettling to me. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, I knew a hand model in a past life. I wonder if he would be interested. Probably. Interesting. Guaranteed. Interesting. Mm. Do, you you like think, do you think he brings the hands to him in his lunch bag on, at work? Yes. Exactly that. Oh, he's got it in his bag, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even oh keeping it. Like, I think there's one part. It's been a while since I've watched, but I'm pretty sure he kills a woman, like takes her hand, and it's just chilling in his backpack. And like something happens where he loses his bag and he's freaking out. Like, yeah, it's 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 very bizarre. Okay, I, I got a question. Like, I, I'm I'm really wondering a lot of things. A lot of things racing through my mind right now. <laughs> but like, so when he goes on these picnics, like. Does he put the food in like the picnic basket and hold the hand on the way, or does he put the hand in the picnic basket with the food? Like, what, what, what's, what does he do with? He's he's got the hand not out in public, you know. It's just there for the date. It's a special moment for him. Oh, so he only pulls the hand out during the picnic after the blankets put down, bro. Okay. okay. Yeah, you know, okay. you don't bring the girl. You really got to set the scene. Exactly. I was going to say you don't you don't bring your date out until the scene is set and romantic. That's Handle. Nutty. Boy, no, you gotta have it all. Big Ted Bundy, Bundy vibes. <laughs> big Ted Bundy vibes, and like he's the, he's the big villain for this entire part. And it's again, it's just like he's murdering people, and they're trying to figure out who's murdering all these people. And he's just trying to trying to date a hand, and then he just is like, "Fuck you guys! You're getting in the way of my good time. Like I'm gonna kill you too." Okay, and and next question. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> like it's just not adding up. Um, like, does do they have to be like body? Like, do they have nice faces? Why pretty women? If he just needs the hand. Well, obviously, only pretty women. Only only the prettiest hands come from the prettiest women. Duh. I find that not to be true. <laughs> I am not the author. I will leave that to him to explain because yeah, they're like, normally attractive women. You think he would just be down with the hands? Like, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just very weird. I had to ask. He is very weird. He's very creepy. Clearly. Maybe he just uses like his imagination like on everything else but the hands. You know, maybe that's all he needs. Maybe he just needs that little touch. And, you know, that's the most feasible way to not get caught while still fulfilling his fantasies. Oh, and I didn't talk about the creepiest part thing he does is that he keeps all his fingernail clippings. Oh, hell. Because fingernails are a good way to, quote unquote, gauge the health of your body. So there are scenes where he's meticulously cutting all his nails and putting them in jars. He has like jars and jars of fingernails. This guy's a this this guy's deranged, dude. Hmm. So it's kind of like disgusting. It's kind of like logs. So it's like health charts, bro. Yeah, for fingernails. No, he, he measures his fingernails like every day, and he has notebooks he writes it down in, and then he cuts them, and then like he he it's what he does. It's very OCD. But like if you look a picture of this guy up, because I know you guys haven't watched part four of JoJo's yet. He just looks like a normal fucking dude in a purple suit. Well, you know, good that he's about his health, I guess. <laughs> and hands. <laughs> Holy shit, this guy. And, and, you know, another thing is, while we're on this uh, topic, um, you think that he, like, maybe tries to measure their hand like their fingernails before he gets it or like I, I don't know it's a weird subject Bro, it's just like those are some healthy fingernails I, I need them so i just put a picture in our discord chat for us so you guys can see him holding like a sandwich in the severed hand in his hand and just looking so happy this is this guy oh my fucking god <laughs> damn okay this dude is way out there. Yeah. <laughs> Not my man eating the sandwich out of the hand, holding the hand. That's nutty. Okay. But like, but this okay. is what I'm this is what I'm saying is this is shit that this is shit that happens in real life, and that is why he's so fucking unsettling to me. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I follow. I follow. <laughs> well, I hope I, I never hear anything like this. Yeah. Anytime well, soon. Go watch yeah. Criminal Minds, man. You'll find plenty of them. I will not. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> Tyler, good luck following that shit up. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. Um, <laughs> we're just going to let him take the cake. <laughs> well, um, I guess uh, if Dan's done, I'll get into my second one, uh, which is Gyoko from Demon Slayer, the Swordsmith Village arc. We get to see him in it. Um, he's the number five demon of the up, upper rank uh, demons. Uh, he's basically the one in the vase and has the like multiple baby-like arms and a very weird-looking face with possibly more than two eyes. I'm not sure. Or 
mouth in the wrong place. I don't know. He's he's got a lot going on up there, honestly. Uh, but he is like one of the creepiest things I've seen in a long time in my anime uh, journey. And not only he is creepy, but like the things that he creates, like the fish that he creates and stuff like that, they're like super, super, super freaky. I know we talked about it a little bit when we was watching Demon Slayer on the rundown. But that shit, with the way this way the sound was, plus the way they looked, plus the way they moved, you know, add that to him. Like he's one of the freakiest things I've ever seen yes. in anime. For so. for you guys that have not seen uh, Gyoko and Demon Slayer yet, he has mouths where his eyes should be. An eye where his mouth should be, and another eye on his fucking forehead with little yeah. baby arms. Yeah, yeah. The yeah the the biggest thing is he's got little baby arms throughout his whole body and most like all all, all over his head. So, or if that's what you want to call his head, I'm not sure. So you know, and, and like I truly worry about the people that can come up with this shit. <laughs> like you know what what inspires you to draw this. I'm I'm not sure, honestly. <laughs> like uh, it's it's just fucking wild, man. <laughs> and you know his like character design isn't the worst part about it. Like this dude, he's got like a sadistic mindset too. Um, we seen that he loves torturing. He made like a statue out of humans and live humans and was torturing them in order to make them move a certain way that way he could create a more fascinating art piece which the is the da vinci of demons yeah i've um, i prefer art to be an explosion not gonna lie there you uh, go uh, uh, data my man yeah um uh, but yeah that's uh it's a very uh very creepy one for me uh uh, it also makes it even worse that dude is like super strong. Um, you know, as we know, our boy missed guy had a very hard time with him. Uh, uh, trapping people in bubbles and shit. Like I couldn't imagine to be like in the statue or being trapped in a bubble while seeing the baby armed, funny looking vase guy, genie guy with weird looking fish running around them on legs i i would just die i guess yeah i i would too <laughs> and like yeah like the the sound that the fish make when they run like that that wet flopping sound that fish make <laughs> it's not great dude it's, it's just, not great i just could not take these fish seriously when i watched steven slayer i was just laughing like the cgi is so funny and not fit here so i didn't take them seriously at all I, mean, I didn't really take them serious either, but you got to admit that it was kind of creepy, you know, the sound, I guess. I don't know. It was something about them. So. Oh, yeah. I remember when we watched that episode, like, I'm pretty sure we talked about the sound the fish made for like <laughs> solid five to ten minutes. Yep. It was I rough. I remember that. <laughs> Shit is rough, man. But yeah, I guess that's all I got. Yoko, one of the scariest things I've seen, the freakiest things I've seen in a while, so. I can agree with that. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, we got some honorable mentions. Yes, sir. My honorable mention is Hanya from Aroni Kenshin uh, that we've been watching on the rundown. Uh, bro cut off his lips, ears, 
nose and did something to his eyes and he looks like a fucking demon. Um, you know his breath stink because he ain't got no lips. Uh, <laughs> there's no way he's keeping his mouth wet. There's no way unless he walks around with a jug of water. You know that shit stank. And how does how does bro here? It's just it's too much. And he's too skinny. He's too skinny. <laughs> like I'm a big boy, but like you know, like usually you got a little bit of meat, you know, in your bones if you if you fighting folk. But bro, it's like skinny and looks like a goddamn zombie. Good dude though, not a bad guy, not a bad guy, but creepy, creepy as hell, creepy as all hell. You definitely wouldn't see him. Uh, wouldn't want to see him standing in a dark alley. So shit, he ain't got that many superpowers. I shoot his ass. <laughs> So, for my honorable mention, I have an entire anime. Oh, okay. Okay. And it, and it is Pupa. Oh, Jesus no. Christ. <laughs> and I got to give a huge shout out to my girl, Yume. Uh, eating your brother, you know, that's this one way to live your life. But yeah. That's big different. Big this different. whole show is a mind fucked. Mind fuck. And it is, uh, it is very, very spine chilling the entire show. <laughs> the anime changed, Dan. Dude, the episodes are four minutes. The entire series is a total of 28 minutes. And I'm still scarred. <laughs> Only took 28 minutes to change this man's whole life. And how long ago was this? Was this like three, four months ago? Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah, it was it was it was a few months ago, and it's still just in the form. That sound of her eating her brother is just still I hear it in my I hear it in my dreams, dude. I can just picture Dan like rolled over, (laughs) (laughs) just sweating, thinking about the sounds. Very deliberate eating noises. You know, I, you know, speaking of that, I think we should like revisit uh, that topic again and redo it and maybe come up with some like even worse anime to watch, honestly. I don't know if it's I'm updating. My honorable mention to fucking Tyler for that goddamn <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, I mean, you know, I think all of us should experience something like that once in our anime podcasting career. I'm picking Pupa for the next time we do a uh, a showdown throwdown. <laughs> Good luck, boys. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Are you changing the dad now? <laughs> Can I have two honorable mentions, please? <laughs> they are my co-hosts. <laughs> Somebody help. Send help. Damn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I guess. I guess I'm next. Uh, I'll talk about Petal Goose. Uh, Petal Petal Juice. I think the, is how you say his name. And he's from y'all to have watched ReZero before knows kind of who he is. He's like the uh, super obsessed Archbishop. Slash, he's like a fanatic. Uh, got super cult behavior vibes. Um, super crazy, like most fanatic cult people are. Um, but some things to make him creepy. And I sent Dan and Bass a picture of him in the Discord uh, earlier today, and like this dude, like. He constantly smashes his own fingers. Like he pulls his own hair out and he smashes his head against walls. And like he loves to like turn his head sideways while he's talking. And it almost looks like his head is like, like fully upside down. 
and he like mutters my brain trembles over and over again and this dude like really loves to torture people and uh you know the the scene like the the part that he is a big character like a big villain in is really tough to watch um for because it's like really creepy and you know y'all didn't know re-zero know that you know we have to see like certain things over and over again and we got to see a lot of this dude and a lot of variations of this dude and a lot of variations of what how sadistic he is so low-key though he's kind of drippy i just i just (laughs) googled I just Googled it. He, he's kind of drippy. He's got some good drip. You know what I'm surprised about? Was that? I, I thought of him while we were doing this segment, and nobody picked Mad Perot from Cowboy Bebop. The clown? Yeah, he's creepy. Yeah, he creepy right. as fuck. I can't, I can't really picture him, honestly. It's been so long since I watched Cowboy Bebop. So, hmm. I just remembered the scene with his teeth and teeth fucked me up in anime, oh, dude. I mean, he's he's very ominous. Um, he's always smiling. He just doesn't seem to fucking die. And he, he can like float and shit. Nah. Wouldn't fuck killer with clowns. That, killer that, clowns. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck killer clowns. Is that what made you is that what reminded you of him? Was like Petal Goose's like teeth? Because like that's a big thing with him, you know, too. I just don't like seeing really well animated teeth. Like, just don't do it. I was just about to say that. Don't do it. Dan hates well animated teeth. (laughs) And this guy's got about two dozen of them bitches. Yeah. Just in his smile. My brain trembles. Oh, my God. Well, awesome. You guys want to get into our movie review? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. So our DJ movie review is going to be of Perfect Blue. It is the 1997 film that is an adaptation of the 1991 novel Perfect Blue, Complete Metamorphosis by Toshi Kazu Takeuchi and directed by Satoshi Kon. It was released by, well, uh, produced by Madhouse Studio and has an 8.54 on my anime list. I also want to add that this movie has... About five or six different awards that they that they got around the same time it was released, and I'm not sure why. But I'll get into the summary for you guys first. So Perfect Blue is a drama slash horror story about a J-pop idol, Mima, transitioning to be an adult actress. Well, just an actress. Hold on. My bad, guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> while pursuing her new career, she finds herself in a battle between her old self and her new life as she fights for her sanity so one thing i would like to say before we get into it is that um cohen actually like rewrote the entire script like he read the original adaptation and hated it and basically they told him he had to follow three rules um mima had to stay an idol there had to be a stalker and there had to be a fuck ton of violence so that that, this is this is his version of a similar story Yeah. Okay. Well, he he hit the nail on the head for all and, three of those those things. <laughs> it's probably worth mentioning as well. There's going to be some very sensitive topics probably brought up. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure if we've ever talked sure. about yeah. such sensitive topics before. 
So yeah, uh, trigger warning. Yeah, I'm not sure how to go about that. So because we've never done it before. So yeah, but yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, if uh, sexual assault or anything of that nature is uh, gonna affect you, you might want to just turn the podcast I, off now. Yeah, just, just skip yeah. this one. Yeah, for sure. We'll see you next week. Yes. And definitely skip this show if you know. Do not watch that's this. something that yeah. bothers you because for sure it's 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 very prominent in this. So a lot of things are very prominent in this. This is a psychological thriller horror show. So yeah. But uh, uh, now to that start we've got, off, we got Power Rangers. That was nice. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. <laughs> um, some Voltron type shit. I was really enjoying that. Um, thoughts on the first scene? The first few minutes, guys? Yeah. I was so confused. I was like, <laughs> I thought this was about idols. Why am I watching Power Rangers? <laughs> I was so excited, bro. Like, I literally texted the... Uh, the group chat thing and i was like bro i'm like this is so hop like i'm getting to see power rangers and the thing is they actually looked better than the power rangers as a kid like they actually looked way better so yeah they actually did um but unfortunately that did not last long um and yeah we kind of got like the the intro to the the group cham that uh mimo was a part of um very weird opening scene uh, after the whole Voltron Power Rangers type beat. Um, what did you guys think about the, 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 I guess, the intro song? I guess the, the, the Cham song. I thought it was kind of a bop. It definitely it was, was. It was low-key a bop. Okay. Okay. I, mean, I was just making sure we're on the same page. It's, it's an idol song. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's a reason why they're popular. So they're bopping. The, the second song was pretty like the final song or whatever. That was a that was a pretty sad song, honestly, especially for like an auto top song. So Okay. So we all liked it. That's good. Um but yeah, it um it got really weird. I thought, you know, I thought it started off pretty normal. You know, she's just a girl trying to figure out her, her life and what she wants to do with her career. Um but I think with the introduction of like uh, Mima's room and like the introduction of the stalker was like maybe almost half an hour in or maybe 20 minutes in. And that's about when it got creepy for me. I was trying to figure out how this was going to be spooky. So I know that's what we're trying to stay on for today. Um, when did it get a little odd for you boys? The minute I saw Mr. Mamania <laughs> in the crowd, I was like, this dude's this dude's going to be a problem. And his character design was just gross. Yeah, definitely. His teeth were gnarly. <laughs> yeah, bro needed to, to see go a back to teeth. Yeah, <laughs> bro had some messed up teeth. He had those bug eyes that were way too far apart. And then yeah. they did a good job of like making everybody else look very normal. Even like the thug dudes that were in the the opening few minutes looked like normal people. And then you just have him in the crowd. Obviously, this guy, like you said, Dennis, he's he. This is not the last time we're going to see him. They would not draw that man like that just for one scene. Just saying. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, I think for me, uh, the first time it kind of got really creepy um, was honestly after she like discovered, uh, like the when she was back in her room and she. Uh, got the you know the phone call, then the fax, and 
all that stuff. Like that was, you know, that was that's when it started for me. I think it was, you know, I I got creepy vibes off of Mamania, like Dan said, but I was like, okay, whatever, you know, he's, you know, super weird fan, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all got him, you know. But then after that, you know, it just started going way too hard, and I'm like, no. Some shit fixing like this is this is about to get like real real fast. So fair, fair. That's very fair. Yeah, like she like shut up, shut the uh, the curtains to her room and everything because she knew something weird was going on. She had no idea how deep it would go though. Um, I, I thought it was a uh, it just spiraled and got out of control so quickly once it got creepy to me. Um, but one thing that like really stuck with me the entire film, uh, beginning to end, the whole the whole time was. Kind of uh, Mima's lack of control of her own life. That was unsettling to me. Um, I don't know if you guys found it found that like just odd and very unsettling for you. I watched this first thing in the morning. Not a great way to start my day. <laughs> um, but yeah, in addition to the stalker and all of the violence that we saw, that that made me feel uncomfortable. That this this young lady just seemed like she was just letting things happen to her instead of like taking control of her own life. Going from like a J-pop idol to being an actress and then what she was asked to do as she's being an actress. I don't know how much we want to get into the plot here, guys, but very, very unsettling for me. I think that was, um, I think the, that was kind of there because, um, as far as like idols go, you see that they really don't have a lot to say about their lives. They're on such a, like a strict, like program i guess and directions from their agents and i don't think i think that she was just like kind of trained that way once her auto career took off you know uh i guess is the best way i can explain that you know that makes sense right yeah the whole idol thing really reminds me of child stars in america like your people who were on disney channel and then once they hit 18 and were no longer on the kids' shows, they got into some really aggressive, similar things to our girl uh, Mima here. So it's just kind of a parallel for people who don't know the idol scene, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and like, yeah, she was definitely struggling because like, you know, once she left Cham, uh, they started doing honestly a lot better, which I sure did not feel great. They were still in the same agency, so she's still in the same building with the other two. Uh, people from the group um and then she's going through these struggles getting told to do like more risque things and kind of like becoming an object for the public instead of doing more respectful <laughs> respectable work i would say although she was kind of blowing up but i think not for the right reasons definitely yeah i thought it was really interesting too where they would show the viewpoints of the fans of cham throughout the show or movie and their opinions on her progress towards becoming an actress. I thought that was a really interesting plot point that they kept bringing back, you know? Yeah, I, I did too. It was, it was really, it was really uh, interesting and realistic. I would say uh, of any like real life star that like changes their, 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 their career, they redefine themselves. Right. And, you know, me was trying to stay relevant. So she's willing to do, uh, things like the, the um, like the sex scene, and I think that was like a a good 
parallel for the lack of control she had over herself in her own career. Um, it was hard to watch and it lasted way longer than what I wanted it to. I thought they, they weren't even going to show that on screen. Um, which is why we don't advise somebody watches if they have a, uh, an issue with essay. Um, even though it was fake, it, it, it felt really jarring obviously for her, but for you as the viewer, it's very, it's very dark. Yeah, I mean, when they said take two during that, I was like, oh, no. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> but I did like how the guy said sorry. That was nice. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's, uh, I guess that's a positive. <laughs> he didn't, uh, it seemed like he didn't want to be doing it either. And I also feel like, you know, scenes like that, even though we hated to see it, I felt like they'd done a good job at painting them in a negative light and, um, uh, you know, really talking about how it was bad, but they was kind of forced to do it. And you really go back to like our, you know, IRL stuff. Like how many, how many actual like young women that's new to like the showbiz industry has to go through something like this in order to like the same scenario is probably happening out there like so many times, you know what I mean? Uh, so I think it's good that they brought it up, but I think that they could have done without showing full fledged. You know what I mean? Yes. But. Yes. It was, it was a lot more detailed. I saw a lot more than what I needed to see. Yeah. I feel like if they didn't put it in though, it would have taken a lot away from the gravity of the scene and the change in her career, you know? Yeah. It, it, it served its purpose, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> um but yeah i i really didn't like her manager I, and he might have been the manager of the entire like agency um totokoro he was pushing her to do these things and like saying okay it's fine and then you had her i think her direct agent or his, his assistant was uh, rumi was saying you know maybe she shouldn't be doing this you know think about her as a person and he was just not having any of it and it, it really it really kind of just made me despise him. And, and honestly, the whole agency, you have her former friends getting to keep their, I'm going to say innocence um, and their public appearance and her kind of just doing photo shoots, you know, naked and, and just horrible, horrible things. And also like the naked photo shoots, like um, that wasn't supposed to be nude. It was only supposed to be, you know, semi you know just like somewhat photo photo shoots but you know they they you've seen the rumors going around like that's the guy that's so good at getting them out of their clothes you know even though they're not supposed to be out of their clothes all this stuff and i didn't really like i've seen how that came into the plot as far as especially paired with the sex stuff you know, it made her ver like her version of herself more impure, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, that's that's where that came in from. But um, yeah, it was just it was just super weird seeing that because. You know, I felt like she should have she should have, you know, not let it go that far. But as we talked about it before, you know, she 
has lost her sense of like control because she's so used to being told what to do. So, yes, yeah. So she just kind of went along with it, and it it was not great. And her stalker kind of like I think he went to his local, um, like magazine store or whatever you want to call it, and like bought all the copies so she so she wouldn't like I guess tarnish her reputation. Um, bro had like a hundred fucking copies in his little room and kind of like writing down the steps of her life and why he's stalking her. Um, so like you had those fans that were a fan of Cham, like the, the, the pop group, but he was a very extreme one and, and very, very, very creepy. Um, I, one thing I, I do want to, to ask you guys, did you find this movie like more scary slash like a thriller or just fucking depressing? Cause I, I, I wasn't like very afraid or I guess thrilled. It was more like, damn, like this is just fucking sad to me. I think so. I looked at it a lot more and the parts I enjoyed from this movie were more the psychological side of it. Okay. Uh, the look into personality disorders and things of that nature. And I really like that. I mean, from what we could tell, Mima was going jack. Sh- she was going crazy during this. Like she For started sure. seeing like a persona of herself as a pop idol who's basically just calling her a tramp and a slut the entire time. And like you have that. But you also see her psyche getting very affected by this. Like she's having dreams that she's murdering people. She's having all this happen to her. And like the adverse effects on her psychology and who she is was really, really cool to me. And I thought of it more as like a psychological thriller than a horror movie, you know? Yeah, I I, I agree with that. But it, it it went so deep to like with her psychological problems, I couldn't tell what was real or fake for like the entire second half of the movie. I did and, not know what the, what was, which is the point. Yeah. I was just saying, that was the point. No, <laughs> That's the that fucking cool. point. But like at the same time, goddamn, like I felt like I couldn't follow it. What should I be not? I mean, I'm not throwing out, but like what is really happening here? And it, and it made it hard to connect with the movie to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's cause I watched it twice or not, but, um, like bro had to watch it twice damn yeah uh i'll I'll explain later why but um uh you know this show like tried to you know make you make you feel that way like dan said uh you know it wanted you to see from her point of view i think and because that's the way she was feeling she didn't know what was real and what was fake and what was in the movie she didn't know the difference she she started losing track and she started like losing herself like how to you know she couldn't really figure out what to tell the difference from all of this and i think that's what they wanted you to feel as well like you know it even got so bad sometimes that at a certain times she was actually looking at me mima's world to figure out what she what she had done that day because she didn't know you know what she did that day She's like, oh, I guess I went to the grocery today, you know? Yeah. Imagine having to use your stalker's logs to, like, remember what the fuck's going on in your own life. But then again, you know, the Mima's world, the logs, you know, it wasn't factual. Like, it, it started being changed somewhere along the way in the later parts of the show to uh, benefit the idol side of her personality. So... 
Yeah, I think my my favorite part of this movie was the parallel they had. So she was playing a role of an of somebody in a drama. And the fact that they par- paralleled what that role was and the story in the drama to what was actually going on in real life. I thought that was really cool. Like the scene, there's a scene when she's like in a psychology room and like she's like looking in a mirror and trying to figure out who she is. And they have like a parallel scene at the very end of the movie, which we're not going to spoil. But it, it's just really cool how they did that. And I thought the way they tied that together was awesome. Yeah, they did it so many times, honestly. And that just plays into the part where, you know, you don't really know if it's the movie, you know, her, you know, imagination or whatever, or real life, because it just switches so flawlessly between all of them and it makes you just question everything that you actually see and even the stuff that's real you're questioning if it's real or if it's fake like it's just it's just so many questions and that's what they want they want you to question it all like what's real what's fake i mean we don't know even even at the end you really don't know (laughs) honestly Yeah, I think so. I would have felt better about this movie if they kind of tied it up a little bit better at the end, um, or I, or if I could interpret it a little bit better, because um, I don't I don't mind being confused because that's what they're uh, attempting to do. Um, but how the ending ending happened, I, I was honestly even more confused. I think I I think after thinking about it for the last couple of days, I have a, a, a grip on it for like the last twenty four hours, but. I don't know. It, it, it just it just seems like a lot of blah after a while. It's like, okay, I'm watching this, but I don't know what's going on. And that made me more disinterested in it. It did not keep me interested. Oh, I understood the ending right when it happened. And I was like, oh, this is a fucking awesome ending. <laughs> yeah, okay, same. That's funny. <laughs> like, I thought the ending was so good, the way they pulled everything together. Yeah, and then, like like I said, I watched it twice. And the first time I watched it dubbed, and, you know, I was like, okay, damn, okay, this just happened. And then the second time I watched it, like, it was even better, in my opinion, because, you know, I kind of knew what was going on, and I caught the things that I missed previously, especially when I watched this sub the second time. Like, it was just so much better, in my opinion. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but but for me, eh, I don't I don't think it was for me between the the essay scenes and and uh, the confusion and then me not understanding the ending. I was just like, okay, all right, I got you. But uh, were there any anything else that you guys liked or disliked about the the movie? Dan, you got anything? Um, it wasn't much. I mean, I didn't really like I didn't love it. Like, I thought it was good, but it wasn't obviously like a, you know, world changing movie for me. Um, the only thing I really didn't like was just kind of how like they left a lot to be interpreted throughout the movie before they tied it up at the end. Yes. And I th- I like that. But at the same time, there were parts when I was like, OK, when are, when are we going to get going? Like, what's what's going on here? Like, come on. It's it's been a while now. Everybody's dying. Like. Who's doing this? Why are they doing this? I want to I get some closure here, you know? Yeah, and one thing that I really liked about it, uh, going off of that, is the fact that, you know, we really didn't 
truly know who was behind it all until the very end. Um, not many shows, not many anime, I think, can actually keep that hidden, in my opinion. And they done it so well. They had you, like, guessing it was, you know, obviously the super creepy dude that they, uh, whatever. But they had changed so many times. It went from him to another person, back to him, to another. Like, it, you never knew. You just didn't know. So, and the fact that they done that so well and keep it, and keep it hidden until the last, 15 minutes of the show um, was actually one of my favorite things about it. So, yeah, definitely. And I think the way they portrayed, so like the theme, in my opinion, you know, was obviously the loss of identity and having like that identity crisis. And I think the way they portrayed it made it a lot more fun than some other things that you've like have existed that have tried to like deal with this topic. I mean, it was riveting the way they did it. I mean, people were just getting killed with screwdrivers which was very very graphic so i thought it was a good way to portray kind of that without it being boring you know right 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 understood um i guess another thing that i really liked too um and i kind of noticed it a lot more on my second round through was they used like the color red a lot in uh the scenes where she started to go crazy i guess started to go out a little bit you know especially after the sex stuff like they started using red like a lot of red in the scenes where she was questioning herself and seeing things and stuff like that she didn't really know what was going on and i actually i actually loved it they kind of threw that in there consistently uh you know after a certain point so yeah it was it was kind of like you know you start seeing a lot of red and it's like that's like the warning sign in in this movie uh shit's going awry or it's about to go sideways really uh so i I definitely did notice that too um but but for me i thought it was like more um the theme at least i thought it was more like about uh like ladies growing up and going from like innocence to to becoming an, uh, a young adult uh, woman and kind of being more objectified by just people in general and, and trying to find yourself in that world and, and gaining a sense of yourself. Uh, I guess in, in contrast to what you said, Dan, it, it being about a loss of identity. I thought it was more about gaining, gaining one. Definitely. Yeah. And one of the crazy things is, is, you know, this movie was made in 1997 when the internet was first coming out and i think this movie is more relevant to watch nowadays with the boom in social media and everything else influencers things like that i think this movie has more relevancy in today's world than it did in 1997 you know yeah it's so much easier to get caught in a situation like this in today's world honestly um so yeah and I agree. Like I, I'm with Dan on the loss of identity type themes. I think that that that's that's what I thought it was going for as well. And, and you know, just to look at you know what the pop idols and the you know the showbiz kind of world actually is and actually does to you know these women, these young women coming into it. So 
Very, very interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think it uh, is way more relevant nowadays. Like a lot of the stuff that you see online, it's, it's fake. It's manufactured. Um, and people can lose their identity uh, watching it or making it. This content that you see. Yeah. You know, um, I think Jay-Z said, believe uh, none of what you hear and only half of what you see. Damn right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, t- talking about like the Internet, you know, not being popular back then. One of the things I really like one of the, I guess, lone, like funny moments, I think, in this show was actually when Rumi was trying to teach like Mima how to use the Internet for the first time. And as like 30 year olds. I kind of felt on the same level as Mima because I did that shit back when I was a kid, you know, trying to learn how to use the World Wide Web for the first time on dial-up, so. Yeah, definitely could remember that, like, where do I go to type something in? <laughs> and then you're just a kid, you're like, I'm going to go to my name.com. And yes. I did that when I was a kid. <laughs> and I guess Danny.com is porn. So that was that was a really fun thing to explain to my mom. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, I don't know what it is now, but yeah, back in the day, titties were on the screen. <laughs> I was like eight or nine. It was like when we first got dial-up internet. I was like, whoa. No. Oh, it is still that. I just checked. <laughs> <laughs> i should have i thought maybe somebody else got the url holy fuck I gotta, I gotta go buy it and save all the daniels out there in the world dude oh boy that was interesting what i just saw yeah i mean you know kids nowadays you know they they don't really have to struggle but you know i feel like you know our age group we 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 could relate to this scene honestly because it was such uh, we we went through you know kind of a similar thing so yeah as the, the, younger the birth people of, yeah, the, yeah. The, the birth of the internet and, and social media like we were there for all that myspace.com and and all you know AOL and shit like that yeah um the, the first hey. for all that now the kids they 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 they, they <laughs> pretty much come out the womb and they got a fucking iPad in their hand looking at YouTube videos that's true hey. yeah yeah they, they know how to operate it better than some people, so. Oh, yeah. for sure. Kids are going to have no understanding of depth perception in, like, 20 years because, like, they just touch screens. They're not actually holding shapes. It's going to be actually hilarious. Yeah, not great for development <laughs> to have a, a kid in front of the screen all the time. Uh, so we did have a question from Pete from over at What Do You Say Anime? And after checking this out, do you guys want to check out some other movies from satoshi khan the director like would you guys be interested in that i think so i mean uh one of them is actually tokyo god uh fathers and we do plan on checking that out uh i believe but i don't think it's as much of a like a psycho thriller that that you know like this show was right no i don't think so it's more grounded and less crazy crazy lady in it (laughs) <laughs> got it got it got it yeah i mean i this this was definitely not for me but I, i'm not gonna throw away a, a director's whole catalog because of it um, yeah so of, of course yeah yeah i really want to check out paprika um so i haven't watched this movie yet but it uh, inception is basically based on it and inception is a fucking awesome movie so like having those similar themes of like 
what is reality? What is, you know, you know, like diving and all that kind of stuff. I think it'd be really cool to check that out. So that's on my list to check out personally. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. And check uh, it out on the show then. Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, you know, we know he can do this well based off this show. He can make you, you know, question everything. So imagine, you know, what he does in another show that's, you know, more, I guess, based on that, I guess, maybe you could say. Yeah, if that makes I, I mean, sense. I, I think it was the movie was well directed. It was yeah. well written. Um, do do I like or would watch it again? This specific movie? No, but I, I can't deny the, the quality of, of what he did in, in this movie. That's the right. best way I can put it. Yeah. yeah. From from my from my own point of view. Yeah. And I think one of the also one of the things that kind of dropped it down a few notches for me too. Um, I know I didn't have many dislikes other than like the very uh the you know, very uh all the sex stuff going on. Um, you know, it's probably too much. It honestly was too much for, you know, like I said, I feel like it could have conveyed the message in a, you know, just another way. I I think. Honestly. I agree. Um, but was the audio, which I know, you know, this is like a very minor dislike thing that took it down just a little bit. The audio wasn't the best, honestly. Um, which it is a 1997 film, you know, I, I understand that, um, still a phenomenal show in my opinion, but it seemed like the audio was like very staticky. Did you like, was that a thing for y'all too? Yeah. It didn't come across very well on my speakers yeah. and, and I have some, some pretty nice speakers in my living room. Yeah. And like the I said, audio it, wasn't great, but yeah, it, like yeah. you said, it's from the nineties. Yeah. Um, I think I it's a pass, you know, but it is. Yeah. I don't is. know how much I can expect that or, or yeah. how movie audio has come along in the last you know 25 to 30 years not sure how to judge it um but i I can say like shows and movies that we watch now have very crisp audio um but i I will say like the music and the the score itself not not the quality of what was coming through my speakers but the score itself was was good in the background and it portrayed the emotion i think that they were going for very well but the actual audio quality was not what i'm used to in 2023 yeah. I mean, you could, like I said, you could tell it was older, but the static, the statics was got me. I, I, I'm not sure why they would have static. Um, I think it was intentional. Probably. Think so? I'm thinking yeah. that because Tarzan, which came out two years later, fucking banged. Phil, <laughs> Phil Collins went crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, they had they had the capabilities for better audio, audio quality. But now that, that you said something about it, maybe being a stylistic choice, I can agree with that. Yeah, I think it was more like to help signify the blurring of reality and whatever the fuck was going on, you know? Hmm. Okay. That's an interesting uh, take, you know? It, it's, it would be, you know, kind of crazy if, if that was actually a reason, you know, why it was like that. I wonder if there's like legit sources out there that can tell you if that's true or not. Yeah, that'd be interesting to look into. But yeah, I could see it being a stylistic choice. For sure, for sure. Cool, boys. Uh, 
You guys want to get into some ratings? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, Tyler, you're you're up first, my friend. Well, um, it probably only goes down for me because uh, I thought this was a really good show. And like I said, it might be because I watched it two times. I'm not sure. Um, uh, I watched the first one and dubbed, which wasn't the best. And I think I would have probably gave it like a uh, around like a high seven for just a dubbed only because it was missing some elements like context clues um, with subtitles and stuff like that. Um, but I watched it a second time the next day because my eyes got a little bit better or whatever. And I was able to actually read the subtitles and it made a lot more sense the second time through. And I think after that, I would probably give it like a very high nine. I mean, very high eight, my bad. Like, damn. Yeah. Okay. No, not a very okay. high nine. <laughs> very high eight. So, um, it, it just, it done what it wanted to do. I feel like it's a great storytelling. Uh, it kept me interested till the very end because of the, you know, because uh, it kept it, it kept, uh, kept it hidden, I guess you can say. And like, it just, like I said, it just done what it wanted to do which is confuse you and make you question everything. And as you're looking through Mima's eyes, kind of you, you could basically be her kind of at that time and feel what she felt and all that good stuff. So I really enjoyed it. Okay. All right. Uh, very good. That's really high. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to follow that one up. I'm, I, I got to give you guys two different scores here. I, I'm going to give you guys a, a, an objective one and a subjective one. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what we're really going for. So I, I'll start off with the objective one, probably at like a high seven. Um, I, I thought that the score was really good. I, I thought the, what they were, they did what they were trying to do as far as like the confusion and, and it, it being like a psychological thriller. I thought they did a really good job with that. Um, and how they kind of fit the scenes together to be confusing. You couldn't tell what was reality or not. I thought that was really impressive. Um, that being said, this type of movie is not for me. Uh, the essay made me want to stop watching it as one of those ones where I had to like get up and go have a drink of water and, and sit back down for a second. Uh, if it was, if it was just me, um, I'd probably give it a low five. So that's, that's the best I can do. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I'm uh, not as high as Tyler, but I am definitely closer to Bass's objective. I think, like, you know, based on the plot and how well they conveyed the themes of the movie, um, you know, those very graphic scenes aside, I'd probably give it around an eight. Um, I think, like I said, uh, watching this through, like, now in 2023, like, it got you thinking about all the crazy shit that goes on with social media and all the bullying and everything like that and how the internet can play such a crazy role in people's lives. So, um, yeah, probably about an eight for me. Excellent. Excellent. So we were all pretty close together on it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I would definitely advise people to check it out if you're not very sensitive to the whole essay thing, uh, cause it's prevalent throughout. Um, and our main character is in some not so good situations, but yeah, that's all I got to say about it. Yeah. I mean, it definitely does the whole, you know, idol showbiz behind the scenes type thing really well. Like, I feel like if you kind of liked Oshinoko, 
you would probably like this a lot, even though this is a very, very, very darker, much more well thought out, not simplistic version of, I mean, you can't really compare them. It's just like they both do the behind the scenes type stuff pretty decent. So it's just much darker on this side. So there's a lot of murder. Yeah. <laughs> There's murder in Oshinoko too, but like not like this. So this is like this is sadistic shit over here. So oh, hundred percent. But well, awesome guys. We hope you enjoyed this week's Anime Dijen's spooky Halloween episode. <laughs> um, hope you guys had a great Halloween if you're listening on Halloween or uh, slightly after. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, Bass and Tyler are gonna be doing the rundown. I'm going to be out of town. And uh, we'll catch you then. Make sure to rate the podcast, join our Discord, check out our socials, linktree.com slash AnimeDesions. You can find them in the description for every episode as well. Peace. Bye. Bye.